Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Third Parties Podcast. Free Press Media Press, Inc., a third party's books publisher, sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Today I read the case in the matter of Maloney versus Ulster County Board of Elections, 21 AD, 3D, 692, New York, Appellate Division, 3rd Department, 2005. Friends, we're going to discuss a New York case again. These days, New York is popping up in our cases a lot. So let us discuss New York. This case involves the Independence Party, the Independence Party of New York. I know a lot about the Independence Party of Minnesota, but not so much about the Independence Party of New York. I do not have any knowledge that the two are linked. Independence Party is a common name for political parties, so it's very well they could be two different parties. So I, I don't believe they're linked, as I believe only the one in Minnesota is connected to itself. It used to be connected to the Reform Party, but then it split. So let's find out what happened in this case. It says, quote, Respondent Michael G. Barandi, herein respondent, hereinafter respondent, and respondent Brian Cahill, file a joint designating petition with respondent Ulster County Board of Elections, designating them as Independence Party candidates for the Office of Ulster County Legislator for the 5th Legislative District in September 13, 2005 primary election. Thereafter, petition, petitioner filed objections to the designating petition and commenced this proceeding challenging its validity on the basis that respondent's place of residence was not correctly stated. Following a hearing at which the respondent acknowledged that the residence listed on the app, then the petition was his previous residence, the Supreme Court declared the petition invalid with respect to respondent only. End quote. It sounds like people like Mr. Maloney, who challenges petitions, are going through these petitions with a fine-tooth comb. He first would have to know the prior, the current address of these individuals, and then he would have to contrast that to their prior address. How does somebody know all that? Sounds like petty meddling to me. What motivates these challengers to challenge our friends' petitions? People say third parties never win. If that's the case, then why not just let them get on the ballot? It's not going to upset anything. I believe a motivation here is going for what they perceive to be an easy battle. Going for someone that is an underdog. It's easy to go after the underdog. Any idiot can do that. It takes power and courage to be a David fighting a Goliath. So, Mr. Maloney, you shouldn't go after the underdogs. How did the court think about this? Did they find Mr. Maloney persuasive? This is what they said. They said, quote, they talked to, I'm sorry, they talked about other cases where people didn't put the address on there. And they were seeing in these other cases it wasn't enough to invalidate a petition on their own. So they concluded such reasoning applied to this case. As they stated, quote, Inasmuch as 
no such showing was made here, the designating petition was improperly invalidated with respect to respondent. The fact that respondent did not file a corrective affidavit after being notified of the error is of no consequence since the determinative issue is whether the designating petition was fatally flawed at the time it was filed. End quote. The conclusion here is full of words that confuse. So I'm not going to read that for you. We often read the conclusions here because they sum up the case. But I don't want to confuse you all as I believe that paragraph does a better job at summarizing what this case is about. So friends, when petty people come after you, try to invalidate your stuff, take this to heart that in this case, as in some other cases, the third party underdogs can win, so you may win too. I can't guarantee you win, but God willing, you can win. Long live third parties. Goodbye.